Good morning and welcome to everyone meeting online and those of few of us here in the auditorium. We want to thank you for joining us this morning. Um, again, whether you're with us live or watching pre-recorded service, we're glad that you're able to be a part of our service today. Alan is out of the office this week, so he was on uh, Grandma and Grandpa camp. That was with Sharon. Um, and they were looking after Callie, so uh, Ozzy will be leading the sermon this morning. However, due to unexpected circumstances, he had to pre-record his lesson, and he's in Dumas with family. His grandmother passed away this week. I want to encourage you to um, go to the LJ Church website, and uh, you'll be able to see any of the updates that you need to there. You can click on the extra link, the quick link to get to the caring and sharing. There's lots of prayer requests and we'll go through some of those a little later. But I highly encourage you to uh, check out what's going on and uh, what you can be in prayer for and how you can be involved with our services and our efforts around the, com around the community. Just a few things to be uh, aware of. Um, our mission emphasis for the for the month of July is Impact Houston Church of Christ and all the efforts there. Please be praying for the things going on with that. Um, I should also mention, uh, you probably saw the slide, uh, that our um, Mojo text is a great way of being able to connect with, with the church as well. If you want to get updates and that sort of thing, um, feel free to look at the Mojo text. Send the text to uh, LJC update to 979-217-3300 and you'll be able to sign up for those announcements. I want to also encourage you uh, to be able to give back to the Lord um, however possible. You can bring your check by the office uh, during the week. Uh, you can mail checks and you can also go through the ShareFaith app which is a safe, secure and quick donation. Our call to worship this morning uh, is coming from John chapter 8, and this will connect with Ozzy's lesson a little later. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and, sat, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and, Jesus, and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law... Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to cast a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until the, Jesus was left, until Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, sir, she said. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Sometimes we're not able to fit in with the rest of the world and what the world expects, but God has a special place for us. Let's 
those who are loud in worship. There is an endless song echoes in my soul. I hear the music ring, and though the storms may come, I am holding on, and to the rock I cling. How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. I will lift my eyes in the darkest night, for I know my Savior lives, and I will Right. 
found in perfect love. You rescued me and I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Now I'm no longer a slave. Thank you for today. Thank you for the beautiful weather. We ask that uh, you be with Ozzy today and as he has a good memory of the things he's prepared to say. We ask you be with Alan as he's off to camp. We're so thankful for all the opportunities you've given us. We ask you bless each one of us today as we study a portion of your word. Lord, we ask that you be with the nation today and uh, be with those leaders that we've elected, that uh, you give them the wisdom to lead us in a way that also leads us uh, to continue to be able to openly pray and openly worship you. Again, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for all the opportunities you've given us. Forgive each one of us of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Man of sorrows, See Jesus, my Lord. Be 
This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is some water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Hey, good morning. Thank you guys for being here and watching this. I hope that the words that are spoken today are words that you need to hear. What was celebrated yesterday is one of my favorite things, the independence of this great nation. A huge accomplishment celebrated with what I think is one of the best things ever, fireworks. Every year I go out and I see a fireworks show and I'm in complete awe. It's one of my favorite things. I think it's so beautiful. The lights, the sound, the patriotism, I get the chills every time. And sometimes, if the show's good enough, watery eyes. I expressed one time to an older lady how I'm just in love with fireworks. And she brought me this powerful insight. Of course, she got real deep real soon. Okay. She goes, Ozzy, you're not wrong, but there's something that trumps that. In all of my years on this earth, 
the most beautiful thing I have ever witnessed. The most beautiful thing that there is is when somebody goes from being a non-believer to a believer, seeing them in the waters with a brother by their side, asking them for declaration, being submerged and brought back up. The sounds that the water makes, the confession that is made, that's the most beautiful thing. That memory of somebody doing that is far better than any other memory we can have. Seeing a brother and sister come and stand with you. At first, I thought, too deep, too soon. I'm trying to enjoy some fireworks. But then I started to think about the memories that I hold dear to my heart, the memories that I hold with high regard. Memories like when I go home for the first time in a long time and my niece sees me, doesn't know I'm coming, and she says, Ozzy. She says that with a surprise and tender and happy voice. And then she hugs me for what seems like four minutes. That's a favorite memory. Or the memory that I have with my nephew, who would sit with me as we watched TV, and he'd share his lucky charms with me. And he'd give me the boring parts when mom isn't watching, and he'll eat the marshmallows, the better part. Or when I, get a, when I got a text message from my sister, who had stopped going to church, asking me to interpret a part of scripture. And then later on, a couple of weeks fast forward, get a text message saying, hey, I went to church today. It's been a while. I felt something special. That's a great memory. Or my father, who for the past 16 years has been sober and has been a baptized Christian. Those memories are great. And just like my father, the memory of having somebody go into the waters and becoming a new man, that's the best. Those beautiful moments, in my eyes and in my heart, he might have smiled with me as I shared them. They're beautiful. And particularly the last two memories of souls coming to Christ. My sister who went from believing in his holiness, not caring for him at some point and feeling a disconnect, to truly embracing his word and his beauty. And my dad, who went from someone who did not care for any God, never felt like he was part of a greater family and much less felt like he was part of his own, who laughed at others who gave in to the scam, as he liked to say, going into somebody that's realizing maybe this isn't the path for me, but I'm too far gone. I'm not deserving of any change. I'll just leave. Who was turned down by other Christians because he was too far gone. Going to somebody who realized the pain and danger he was causing himself and his family, and then finally going to fully taking on God and knowing that there's nothing that can stand in his way and that his grace is sufficient and taking God with open arms and walking alongside with him, first in baptism, and now 16 years later. I want you to think about your favorite memories, the memories that you think are just beautiful in your life. Would you agree with me and this lady that whatever you think are the greatest memories in your life, the memories of somebody being in the water 
and coming in you is better. The stories of people who went from feeling undeserving and insufficient and worthless, a burden, to understanding and embracing the fact that they are a child of God and that they can put themselves in the arms of God that have always been extended to them. I think of Peter. Peter failed God in a very big way. He denied him three times. Peter regretted heavily that he did this because he had just told Jesus that he would stand by Jesus' side no matter the cost, no matter the situation. But when the time came and he felt uncomfortable and was embarrassed, he put God aside and denied him. And we read that Peter recognized his mistake because he cried with a great emotion. In Peter's eyes, he would never be able to fully recover from this failure like he had been able to recover in the past. But Jesus gave Peter the opportunity to redeem himself, not just the one time, but three different times, to help Peter understand that those three bad moments that he had, the moments he thought were the most possible, the most worst moments in his life, he wanted him to understand that God doesn't care about those failures. What God does care about is you making it back and understanding that you are his, that you are no less in God's eyes because of your failures, but you are still worth every single thing that God says you're worth. We understand through the dialogue that God cares for the relationships that he holds with us, and he simply wants our declaration of our love and to fully embrace him. Isn't that a beautiful story? Someone who went from being a fisherman to being all in for Christ to feeling abandoned and disillusioned and a failure, the greatest failure of all time, but then being fully restored by the grace of God by simply answering the question, do you love me? I asked Preston to read the section of the Ethiopian eunuch, and that displays to me a truly amazing part of somebody's life. The part when somebody asks the question, what is stopping me from being baptized? What is stopping me from fully being immersed in the promise of God? That to me is only the second part of this beautiful story. This story of a foreigner who for the majority of his life was never really allowed to fully know God. Now I say allowed, but he thought he wasn't allowed. Background with this eunuch, he was more than likely a wealthy man a well-educated man, a handsome man, a trustworthy man. He had the wealth, right? He had the papyrus to be reading out of Isaiah. He had the chariot. He had the driver to be driving along for Philip to be chasing him down as he was being read. He also maybe had somebody to read out loud to him. What else more could this man want? He had it all. But God knew whose he was, and God knew whose he wanted to be. And he fully wanted to be with God. He fully wanted to connect with God, to truly worship him, just like the Jews were able to do in the temple. We read in the story that the eunuch was reading out of Isaiah 53, which was reading, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and his lamb before the shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? for his life was taken from this earth. Now the eunuch was trying to figure out who this person that was suffering was. Was it the author? Was it another servant? Was it somebody just trying to do the right thing that maybe had some physical limitations? You see, I think the eunuch subconsciously was relating to the words that was being read. 
but he was too afraid that he could actually relate to something that was being rejected to him by others. Isaiah is a perfect part, a perfect literature for a eunuch to be reading because in Isaiah 56, we read that there's a promise, that there's hope for a eunuch or for a foreigner, for somebody with a physical limitation, the limitation that was set in Deuteronomy. You see, God knew exactly whose he was, and it is beautiful. The eunuch wanted to fully worship. The eunuch wanted to be as close as possible to the Lord. But because of his physical state, he knew that he would never be able to really worship in the same depth that the Jews were able to do. He knew where his heart was, but he felt like he was nowhere else to be but at arm's length from the Lord because of his imperfectness. The eunuch wanted to be a servant that would be raised and lifted up and highly exalted, but could not really do that because of his limitations, the limitations set by Israel. You see, the eunuch went to Jerusalem to worship, but he really couldn't go in to worship because of his physical limitation. And because of that, he knew that he could never really know God. And that's the beauty of this story, that this eunuch who wanted to serve God fully with no false hope, he was taught the truth. And Philip let him know that the one that was being deprived of this justice was the one that was going to come and fulfill this mission, the sheep that was going to be slaughtered. This eunuch was given the good news that is the gospel. And that is when the eunuch fully got it. That is when he was able to take back and say, oh, wait, Philip, you're telling me that nothing can truly keep me from God? That God has promised and that God has fulfilled? And because of this, I can go and be baptized and I can no longer have him at arm's length, but I can truly take him in? I can truly embrace my God and his word? I can do that? There's no limitation for me? That's the hope, and that's the beauty. You see, God knew whose he truly was, and it was just a matter of time for the eunuch to realize it. All it took was for someone to teach it to him and to walk alongside with him until he fully got it. Are we doing what Philip did? Are we reaching out to those around us to help them know whose they are? To confirm if they are questioning whose they are? To those that feel like they are too far gone, that there is no hope for them, to those that feel like they have messed up or have doomed their lives to no restoration, are we acknowledging the good news and are we teaching that and proclaiming that? Do we understand that the good news belongs to everyone, even to those that are so broken, to those that can only dream about being part of something so great like God's kingdom? But have, the ability, but have not the ability to understand of his grace and mercy? Are we recognizing that Jesus came to this earth to show everyone whose they are? Not just to some. He came for those that are marginalized, came to those that are the outcast, to the ones that were embarrassing to the public, the one with many husbands, to the one that was a sinner, to the one that was the outcast, to the one with much sin, to the one with much burden, which Jesus called daughter, not woman, not sinner, not outcast, not failure, not disappointment, not disgrace, but daughter. 
See, unfortunately, we have followers of Christ that remain in that dark, in that dark room, because no one is reaching out to them to help them. Nobody is helping them take their heart and be willing to recognize that the past is the past. Making the heart clean is the important part. To truly take anew. God knows the heart, and we should be able to recognize that we are truly God's and that we have the good news and that that good news was fulfilled. We should share that with everyone. How are people going to recognize that? How are people going to recognize that they are deserving if we as Christians never share that? Think of the Samaritan at the well. She went out to get water in the middle of the day in the dead heat so that she would get in nobody's way because she knew her failure. She knew where she was in society. But Jesus met with her and started this dialogue with this stranger, with this disgraceful woman. And he started to talk to her about this water that would make people never thirst again. Jesus didn't care about her past. Jesus did want her to reflect about her past. But most importantly, Jesus wanted her to recognize who she was and who who she could be. Reading out of John 4, 1 through 26, if you'd like, but I'm going to paraphrase this. Jesus was speaking to this woman. Like I said a while ago, they started that dialogue, and he got to the point where he was talking about this water for this, from this well, this water that will make anybody never thirst again. This woman is a smart woman, so she's recognizing what this man is making the analogy for, and he says, okay, mister, please give me the access that you have to this living water. Give me the access to what you're talking about because I'm tired of the state that I'm in. I'm tired of being nobody. I'm tired of not being part of a group. I'm tired of having to suffer for what I've done. And Jesus wants her to remember. So he says, hey, bring your husband so that we can talk about this together. Even though he knew that she had been married five times before and that she was in a relationship outside of marriage. So this woman speaks this truth and says, hey, I have a messed up life. But let me ask you this, sir. We used to be able to worship on this mountain freely. But now you Jews are claiming that the only place where I'm allowed to worship is the place that I'm not even welcomed in. What is that? Do I really belong? Can I really worship? And Jesus says, you know, you're right. That's the case now. But hey, here's this promise that will be delivered. See, Jesus gave her this hope that she needed. The words that made her feel back in place and part of something. These two stories, the eunuch, the Samaritan woman. The eunuch's time was now. The eunuch was told about this promise that was fulfilled, which is the good news, and his time was now. He was able to look back and say, oh, God, thank you. I can finally be fully with you. And for this woman, the time was to come to where she can look forward and say, there's hope. I'm not too far gone. She was given enough hope that she was able to go back into this place that she was an outcast from and tell everybody that great news. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, we are encouraged with these words saying, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. This message 
This message is for all of us. This message is never to be disregarded. This message is never to be ignored. This message is never to be taken away from certain people or hidden from certain people. It's for all. The stories of people coming to his altar kneeled, asking for forgiveness and coming up and walking a new life is beautiful. But unfortunately, we have folks that still have the stories when, we, when they just choose not to follow God. They choose not to walk down this road that leads them to eternity. They choose to have those moments when they lose the little hope they had left because they didn't see his grace. Because nobody was showing him his grace. Nobody was telling them his grace is sufficient for whatever you have in your life. I've thought about the life that could have been for my family. And it hurts me. It breaks my heart to know that there are people in this world, that there are neighbors whose father couldn't put down the bottles because it wasn't shown that grace, because wasn't given the proper time that it takes to fully recognize that they're broken and that they are in a bad place, but that there's hope. It hurts my heart to know that we have neighbors that have lost faith for restoration in their lives because they have been shown the wrong part of Christianity. The Christianity that's more like a country club, that requires an exclusive lifestyle. That should not be the case. Everybody is welcomed through those front doors. Nobody should be ashamed feeling walking through the back doors. We should never look at somebody and say, ah, sorry, you're too broken for us to even start with. Or for somebody to be looked at and say, this isn't for you, sorry. The most beautiful story is when somebody accepts God as their Lord and Savior, the one that came to this earth for the remission of our sins. Again, that most heartbreaking story is the one when somebody is discouraged by a Christ follower. That shouldn't be the case. Nobody should stop and decide that they can't be a follower of Christ because their shame is too big or their, their failure is too big. No, his grace is bigger. His mercy is beautiful. Nothing that you do is too big for God to say, I am here. What I wanted to share this morning is that the most beautiful thing that we can ever witness is someone taking on Christ in confession and in baptism. Brothers, sisters, everyone is worthy, no matter their walk in life. Everyone is able to turn to God and embrace him with open arms and say, it's been too long. No matter how ugly, no matter how broken, no matter how long, no matter the wait, it's never, it's never a bad idea. It's never a bad time. Let's rejoice with our neighbors as they make an effort to really change their hearts. Let's be joyful that God is there. Better yet, he's there in the driveway, waiting for your return, waiting for your arrival, waiting for you to stumble across this road that will lead you to eternity. So as brothers and sisters in Christ, let's stand there in the driveway with our God, with our Father, waiting for our new brothers and sisters to come into this road. 
are waiting for our now brothers and sisters that are lost to find that road. Let's rejoice with them. Let's not be like the brother of the prodigal son who was upset because someone who had chosen to live a reckless life now decides to come back and fully take of this kingdom. Let's not question their motives. Let's not question their timings. Let's not talk about their past as if it's too much for them to fully walk this road with Christ. Let's rejoice. Let's party together. Let's not be upset. Let's not put some limitations because we've chosen to live our life as Christians, all of our lives. Let's not just ignore the fact that we're also sinners. Let's not just ignore that we have hiccups. Let's not turn the other eye whenever somebody that we love messes up and say, hey, it's okay, you can still worship with us. When we're still shutting the door to somebody that is too broken and is not afraid to show that brokenness. If you're the brother or sister that is heavy-hearted, thinking that you have gone too far from what you came from, there's no path too, too, too far for you to come back. We encourage you to reach out because you're not too far gone. You are worth his grace. You are worth his love. Just like we are, just like I am, a sinner, a broken person, I know that I am worth it. And I pray that you recognize that too. We are right here with you. Broken, full of sin, full of imperfectness, but full with his grace. Sing alleluia to the Lord. Alleluia to the Lord. Sing alleluia to the Lord. the bread, the Lord 
July 4th weekend, and for a Brit like me, that means I get um, scrutiny from a lot of different places, and uh, Happy Treason Day is often used. And it's funny to me how uh, being a foreigner, being the outcast um, on a weekend like this, um, it still brings a lot of warmth and joy knowing I get to celebrate the birthday of this great country. And it makes me think of Ozzy's lesson, how the outcast was not accepted, but Jesus made the undesirable and the, uh, those who were seen differently welcome. And it gives me hope for the future of this nation and this world, how broken the society is and how England and America obviously had rivalry at some point it was clear. And now we're, we're allies, best allies. We, we love visiting each other's countries and this, this difference has been set behind. It's in the past, it no longer matters. And we have this freedom to celebrate together. And I want us to focus on that freedom as we think about the Lord's Supper going to read from Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 4. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight to the mystery of, of Christ, which was not made known to the people in other generations, as it has been revealed by the Spirit to God, to, sorry, as it has been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the, less than the least of the, all the apostles, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery for which ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His tent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his purpose, to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
And listen to this next verse. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. And as we celebrate the 4th of July weekend, we have freedom from the tyranny of the king of England. And that's now, that's past. But we still have this freedom. And as Christians, we have this freedom to worship the Lord. The eunuch and all the people that Ozzy had mentioned, they have the freedom to worship the Lord because of what he had did, what he had done. And as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we have this freedom to be a part of his body, the, the body of Christ. So will you pray with me? Our Father, we thank you for this freedom. We thank you for the, the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross, for the body that was broken. And as we take the bread, Father, I just pray that you help us remember the freedom that has been purchased through that sacrifice. Father, freedom does not come free. And lives have to be given so that, so that freedom can be lived by others. And Father, you gave your son Jesus so that we may have the freedom to worship and, and worship in confidence. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. We have freedom of choice, freedom of speech, freedom of press, and many other freedoms in this country. We are free to worship the Lord and free to decline his word. But that's not what Christ died for us for. He wants us to choose him. And like the scripture was just read, we have the freedom to remain in him. And that's a joy for us to remember. Let's pray for the, for the cup. Our Father God, I want to thank you again for the sacrifice of your son Jesus. We want to thank you for the blood that was poured out. And I want to thank you for for giving us a hope of eternal life with you. And whenever that day may come, Father, we, we welcome you. Help our hearts be right with you. Help our, our relationships with the people around us uh, edify who you are. Father, forgive us of our sins. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Something beautiful, something good, all my confusion, he 
to make sure that uh, remember a few that we have uh, some special request and that's from uh, Billy and Cindy uh, uh, deep, deepest sympathy and to the extended family of Carla Montgomery who passed away on June 26 uh, Carla was is the mother of Dana and Piper who were young girls that were here last year and went to camp with us um, a tragic event and uh, that she has passed and and uh, just want to pray for that family for sister Jennifer and and for Billy and Cindy and also a friend of Lindsay Phillips who uh, suffered a uh, bad accident motorcycle accident and is in a coma uh, they are he's intubated right now his name is Christian and um, I just want to keep him uh, in your prayers also, don't uh, forget the ones that are listed in the caring and sharing. Uh, Ron White, Patty and Jace Pan, Alan Lee, Lydia Thomas, William Hickel, Bernice Skinner, Sherman Estes, Sonny and Joy, uh, Girdley, and Jaden Marino and Austin Stevens uh, with the military. They've been deployed, but Jaden right now is uh, being quarantined because he was, he was uh, exposed to COVID-19, and so he's in quarantine at this time. Uh, until that's over, then he'll be deployed. Um, in Ozzy's message this morning, um, when he's talking about, you know, baptism and really the importance that uh, that is on our lives, because it is making a commitment, and we are going to be held accountable for our actions. Um, I just want to read um, a little message here from First Thessalonians. It talks about kind of goes with uh, our closing song today and it talks about the Lord's message rang out your faith in God has become known everywhere therefore we do not need to say anything about it part of that when you go into talking about really it living and breathing through us and that it, it just exudes to others and we don't have to you know if people look at us they see a difference um Life is hard. Life is difficult. We make the wrong turn. We take the wrong fork in the road. Uh, we make decisions. We do things that are that are uh, hurtful or wrong. Um, and so we continue to battle our sinful nature. And uh, through baptism, we have this path of forgiveness. And, and that's given freely. And so with that, we have to really remember, like the woman at the well who's sitting there going, somebody's telling her about her past and what's going on. And she's going, how do you, you know, it's almost like, how can you read my mind? And so um, it's just really, um, I would say when you start thinking about Christ walking on this earth and walking up to you and teaching you in a way that is loving and gives you a path to go. I just, I have dreams of this just, this neat thing. And so I just, it's a, it's really a true blessing to be in Christ. And also the people who you surround yourself with. When you look at the people you know, all the people here are online. Look at the people who are next to, to you in the room. Look at the, I'm looking at these ones who are helping here with our worship today. Um, 
we come here on Wednesday, we enjoy each other's company. Um, it is a true blessing. Um, I'll never forget a text I got from David Gay on just, he was gone for a while out of the States and then came back and was here on Wednesday nights. And, and I still have it. Um, just saying, it is a true blessing to sit and worship hand in hand with somebody and sing praises to God. So I just want to kind of leave that with you. Still want to re remind y'all of, um, of the giving online and the app that's uh, available for you. You still can mail it in or you can drop it by the office. Um, it is uh, still, we, we have a budget and we want to stay as close to it as we can and, and still pay the bills uh, and so we're in difficult times, uh, really different times. And so, but I will tell you this, our church family and our members out there have stepped up to the plate. And it is, uh, it's amazing the work that we still can continue to do. And the work that goes on here, we, there's a lot of extra work that goes on to deliver our live stream. And those people are giving a lot of time. Uh, let's pray and then we'll have our closing song. Our Father, thank you so much for this Lord's Day. Thank you for all of you that are out there that are worshiping with us. Um, you know, you're lifting your voices and praising and singing uh, those blessings to God. And uh, we are still unified in that, in that uh, uh, worship that we are, we are giving to him. I just want you to remember all the ones we have listed today. Um, a special prayer for Ozzy and, and uh, his family. He's lost a couple of, of uh, relatives in the last couple of weeks and just want to pray for that family and pray for him and, and uh, for him to be with his mom and, and dad through this time and, and just uh, also give him safe travels. Be with us as we go through this week. Uh, there's many that will be traveling back home and just keep them safe and, uh, and, and let them... Uh, be an impact to those that they have been around. Let us go through this, uh, this week. Let us make a difference, as Ozzy said, and welcome those who are uh, broken. And, uh, and we need to do the things we need to do to, to guide them and, uh, and study with them. Go with us and keep us close to you. Know that we do fall short. And... Uh, we need to make sure that we're doing all we can do to follow in his footsteps and pray in Christ's name. Amen. There's a message true and loud for the sinful and the sad. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring out. Fill far from Jesus' shame.